Hello, and welcome back to Misfits in the Church, a show to help individuals who struggle with belonging in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am a member of that faith, and I'm grateful to, to be so. However, we also recognize that there are challenges that are associated with belonging in the faith. And um, there are also unique opportunities to help us feel that we belong not only to the church, but also to Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. We, we learned earlier about Jabez. Now, Jabez doesn't have a lot said about him, but what is said in the Bible has been very useful in helping us understand how to pray mighty prayers, how to pray for impossible things, and how to pray for miracles. And in the account of Jabez, God changed Jabez's life by changing his identity. Jabez was saying, rescue me and deliver me from, from pain. And Jabez, the name of Jabez, his identity, his past, everything about him was known as pain and sorrow. And God gave unto Jabez what he asked for because Jabez had the faith to pray for an impossible miracle in his life. Now, many times God will provide those types of mighty miracles, and sometimes he'll provide an opportunity for us to learn and grow when we don't receive those kinds of miracles. And so that's, that's the, the direction that I'd like to go today. When God doesn't provide a miracle, then what? How do we think and how do we feel? Many times when God doesn't provide the miracle that I'm searching for, that I'm praying for, that I'm trying to live worthy of, I'll start thinking, well, maybe God doesn't really love me. Maybe maybe God doesn't really see me. I, I know in my mind, you know, I, I, in my, I, I know what the doctrine is. I know what the truth is. But sometimes that feeling or the, that emotion is so strong that it kind of overwhelms my thoughts and says, you know what, God must not love you as much as he loves other people because you see all those other people who are getting the miracle that you want and you're not getting? That could be really, really difficult when we, when we write our own stories or when our thoughts are about social comparison and we look onto social networking sites and we're going, mm, wow, that's a... That's a, that's a beautiful, beautiful life, a wonderful life that they're experiencing. And I could, I, I'll never have something like that. And so if I can't have something like that, then my life must not be as wonderful and I must not be as wonderful and God must not see me as wonderful. And so our thoughts spiral a lot of times. With When there's one negative thought, a lot of times it just keeps spiraling around and around until it gets... Even even worse. Well, I really loved Elder Patrick Kieran's talk entitled More Than Conquers, provided in April 2022. And um, again, one of, one of those classic talks that I think will live long into um, for, for many, many decades. And he, he cites the Bible where it's referencing how we could be more than conquerors through the gift of Jesus Christ. And he, I'm, I'm just going to play a small clip of it, but again, many, many times we, when we think about the things that we've experienced, 
or that we've suffered from, many times we, we fall into this victimization trap. Now, I'm not saying that there's not anything such thing as, as victims. There are people who have been victimized. and I'm not trying to undermine that at all. Our challenge, however, is if those things happen to us, how long do we stay there and how are we able to get out of that? And I'd like to borrow this message from Elder, Elder Kieran and then to expand on it a little bit. And he, he recommends that we change our thoughts, that instead of how terrible we are that we've had to go through that or how horrible um, we must be because God won't, won't bless us and rescue us and deliver us from this thing, won't provide us with a miracle that we're looking for. You know, instead of those victim thoughts, Elder Kieran is recommending that we change our thoughts and relate our identities from victims into conquerors. Now, that's not exactly what he says, but that's kind of what, what I get out of it. So I'm going to go ahead and play a small clip for you, and then I'll be right back. Perhaps some of you, however, consider accounts these accounts of survivors, and your soul cries out that you are living a survival story right now. As a victim of abuse, neglect, bullying, domestic violence, or any suffering of this kind, you are in the midst of your own desperate attempt to survive a situation that feels very much like a disastrous shipwreck or a promising mission suddenly aborted. Will you ever be rescued? Will you make it through your own survival story? The answer is yes. You can survive. You have, in fact, already been rescued. You have already been saved by the one who has suffered the very torment you are suffering and endured the very agony you are enduring. Jesus has overcome the abuses of this world to give you power to not only survive, but one day through him to overcome and even conquer, to completely rise above the pain the misery, the anguish, and see them replaced by peace. There's so much more to this talk that I, that I love. It's just fantastic. As a matter of fact, Elder Kieran is one of my favorite, favorite speakers. Anyway, so in, instead of focusing or dwelling on the negative or how things are, are terrible, we could focus on a couple of different things. Number one, that Christ wins, regardless of where we stand, regardless of the adversary, regardless of the trauma that we've experienced in our lives, Christ wins. And if we align ourselves with his will, then we are going to win in the end as well. Another way that we're more than conquerors is simply by enduring the things that have happened to us. Now, I'm not one who advocates you just need to grit your teeth and bear it for the rest of your life and if you just suffer enough, if you just have enough pain, and if you're just miserable enough, then God is going to bring you into the into exaltation. I'm not I'm not promoting th that kind of idea, but the reality is that if you have experienced something horrible, whatever that is, however you want to define it, if you have experienced it, you are more than a conqueror. I mean, you you would have to have come to the point where you said, you know what, I'm not going to let that that part of what I've experienced in the past completely continue to roll over my life. 
and that you are more than a conqueror. Or if you don't feel that way, you can be more than a conqueror through the atonement of Jesus Christ and through the mercy and power of Jesus Christ. The question that a lot of people raise, and matter of fact, sometimes it's been raised even in my own house, is, okay, until you get to that point where you can feel like more than a conqueror, what, what, can, what can we do? And so I have some ideas and some recommendations for you. Again, these are, these are just my, my opinion and educational resources. If, um, if there is an emergency, if you are struggling with trauma, I encourage you to visit with a competent professional to help you through that. What I am sharing with you does not substitute for or replace the need for professional guidance. So here, here's one, one way of, of looking at it. So sometimes when, when we are receiving negative thoughts, we have to understand that it's not really us. Now, I know that's really hard to believe because when we hear that voice inside of our head, we assume it's us, and so we're going to trust it. Quite some time ago, I remember I was struggling with self-loathing thoughts, um, being critical and shaming toward myself. And I was praying and asking God to deliver me from my thoughts. And I didn't really receive any miraculous experience. There wasn't any Joseph Smith, you know, and the light shone above me in a pillar of light and I was released. But I did learn something from from that one experience. Again, I was praying that God would deliver me from all these negative thoughts that I was having about myself. And I got a very clear impression that said, they're not your thoughts. What do you mean? Whose are they? Who's talking to me then? I had to acknowledge that sometimes it was the adversary, just as the Holy Ghost can whisper to us. The adversary, he's, he's been around for a long time. And I would like to suggest that there are times where he can make it seem like we're talking to ourselves. And it's, it's really the adversary. Anything that is not good is a good sign that it's not coming, coming from God. And so that really helped me to where I'm going, wait a minute. Yes, I, do, I am responsible for my thoughts. But being free from, free by knowing that those thoughts were coming from the adversary was really helpful to me. Because this was kind of the cycle or the spiral that I was caught in, is I would think a negative thought toward myself, and then I would shame myself for having that negative thought. And then I would, I would criticize myself for not being able to overcome that thought. And it was just a vicious cycle of shame and self-loathing that I was caught up in. And being able to recognize that those thoughts were coming from the adversary was really effective for myself because then then instead of um, criticizing myself, I felt like, okay, now I can fight the adversary. Now I, now I have a true enemy that I can fight against. And it reminds me of Nephi. It was after the death of his father and his brothers were again up, up to no good. And Nephi was struggling. And he was telling himself, you know, a lot of times we try to boost up our own morale and cheer ourselves up. And that's exactly what Nephi was trying to do. And he wrote in 2 Nephi 
He said, Rejoice, O my heart, and place and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Okay, so that's one that's one approach. Another possibility is a little bit more of a an approach that's that's used in therapy. And there's one book, it's called Boundaries for Your Soul by Allison Cook and Kimberly Miller. To my knowledge, I'm not related to Allison. Again, it's called Boundaries for Your Soul by Allison Cook and Kimberly Miller. And I really like the audio version of it, the audiobook, audiobook version. And um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase the idea here. So let's say if you have a, a negative thought that you're having about yourself, identify it and name it. So for me, the name of my negative voice toward myself is frequently shame. And uh, so I'll say, okay, there's there's shame. Sometimes, uh, according to these authors, it's a good idea to just say, you know what, can, can you just stand back a little bit because I want to be able to hear you. You're, sometimes it's kind of like you're with a person and they're shouting at you and you're going, wait, I can't even, I can't even hear you. I can't even understand you because you're just overwhelming my senses. And sometimes you'll say that to shame, but in a nicer way and say, would you mind stepping back a little bit? I need you to back up a little bit, not because you're getting angry at it because then you're shaming your shame, which is a part of you. And that's not going to be very effective. But if you say, you know what, I, I'm trying to understand you a little bit better. And I, it seems like what you're saying is really important. Can you, can you, can you step back a little bit so I could really see and hear and understand you? And there, there's kind of this, this process where you're talking to the part of, of you that's, that's broken and probably a part of you that was learned or picked up from, from the past and past trauma. And that shame might be a, a, a parent, you know, a parent's voice who is shaming. It, it, it could be a teacher's voice. It could be a friend's voice. Uh, it could be a church leader's voice, essentially. And so you, you're listening to the shame in you, and you're saying, it seems to me that you are trying to protect me from something. So basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to recognize the purpose of those negative thoughts within you. And then um, say, you know what, thank you so much for trying to warn me. Thank you so much for trying to motivate me, whatever whatever the purpose is. And then say, I would like the opportunity to bring you, which is really a part of me, to Christ. And imagine yourself bringing that part of you to Christ for healing and seeing what happens. And uh, there, there's much more to the book. Um, I, I didn't say it perfectly, but I, I have found that that is a very gentle way of, of helping myself rewrite those, those parts of me and making some of those wrong things about me right. In Hebrews 12, 2, it states that Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. And I'd like to suggest that Jesus Christ is also the author and finisher of our story. You know, I, 
I like to write. I've written several books, one of which is I Survive Now. One is about healing and coping with trauma. And um, another book uh, about, uh, about Jesus Christ entitled, Oh Lord, My God, The Jesus You Need to Know. And there's a lot of times where I think, okay, you know what? This story is done. I don't have anything else. And all of a sudden, there's more chapters that, that I'm able to write. Or I completely rewrite some of the stories. And even though I don't change the past, I change how I think and how I feel about about the story or the things that I've experienced. And, and there's no doubt that sometime in the future, I don't know when, but I think we'll be so shocked when we learn that God writes all things. And in that way, he makes it, he makes it fair, but we are, are promised so many blessings. I don't, I don't think we could really consider it to be fair. You know, fair is something that we earn and that we deserve. And we've all made mistakes. We're gonna we're gonna get a much better deal than we think that that we deserve. But anyways, think about the story that you are creating for yourself. Think about the identity that you're that you're shaping for yourself. How much are you allowing God to be a part of that story? And you might say, Well, I want I want God to write my story. I want to give it to him and let let him write the entire story. And a lot of times what happens is that God is saying, I trust you and I want you to be writing this story. You're, you're much more capable than you think. You're, you're much more talented than you think. You may not think of yourself as an author, but you're, you could be a co-author with me is what God often tells us. And we can learn from that experience. And I believe, again, one way of doing that is by recognizing that we are all more than conquerors to go through what we've gone through and that we, there's at least two paths that I've talked about today that we could that we could learn to cope with the the thoughts of shame that we have toward ourselves the thoughts of criticism that we have for ourselves that we could either use the example of Nephi where he's saying, no, this, these aren't my thoughts. These are thoughts from the adversary. And you learn to battle against that. Or you gently take those pieces of you and in your mind or in your prayer or however you want to do it, you bring those things to Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father and ask them, what is it that either thou wilt do for them or what is it that I can do for those parts of me that are that are broken and that really needs some repairing, that really needs some healing. So I hope that was helpful to you. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Join me next time on Misfits in the Church. Take care. Bye-bye.